We're continuing our sermon series on Church 101, and the reason why I wanted to do this and had, we've had some great speakers, Pastor Paul, Dan, you know, everybody, Carolee, uh, Christian, we're, we're, we're moving along really well, and I've been very excited and, and thrilled to see the, their perspective of the scriptures that they've given, and it's been very good. Um, we're going to continue that, and today we get to talk about something that's like going to lift your spirits. It's talking about persecution. Now, we joke about that, and I joke about that, but it's because we really don't know what persecution is here in North America. And I'm going to help give you a perspective this morning. You might not agree with me. Guess what? That's okay. I'm all right with that. We can still come together and worship and have difference of opinions. But I'm going to try and give you some really good biblical um, evidence as well as some historic, I know as as uh, Christianity moves on, as well as the world moves on, we tend to forget history and what's happening and has happened and compare it to today. And so I just want to touch that a little bit, uh, and then I want, I'm going to challenge you at the end to just kind of work that through this week. So we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 to 12, and it says this, You, however, all know about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, Patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to give a godly life for Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So that, that's later on down in chapter 3. But what I want to do is take you just before, right at the beginning of chapter 3 as well. We, don't, we won't have it up there. But this particular scripture talks about this. Paul's telling Timothy, he's saying, guess what? There's going to be hard times. So in chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Know this, hard times will come in the last days. Okay, let's not worry about whether we're in the last days. That's a theological argument we don't need to get into because they've been thinking they're in the last days since the beginning days. So let's not worry about that. But let's worry about the fact that it says hard times. Okay, And there is a difference between hard times because I believe in Jesus and hard times because the world is just in the toilet. It's a dumpster fire. So, and, and that's kind of where we are. But it goes on to say, he says, For people will be lovers of self. Check. People will be lovers of self. Lovers of money. Check. Boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, kids. Ungrateful, unholy, unloving. Irreconcilable, slanders, without self-control, right? Um, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless. <laughs> Sorry, I just about said redneck. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I'm having trouble reading things. Conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to, to the, the forms of godliness but denying its power. Avoid these people. So all those things have been going on for a very long time. No offense to if you're a redneck. That's what I wasn't meaning that. Um, we love everyone. But th this, this has listed a whole bunch of things on here that, that are happening in our world. And it can be kind of, uh, if, if, if you don't really read into Scripture, you can kind of think, oh, this is the end times. And maybe it is. I mean, anything from when, when uh, Christ was here, crucified, and, and rose we considered end times from that point on. But this has been happening ever since creation. All this here, and people will. 
But hard times, he talks about it. He mentions that. And then he comes in and he talks about, hey, you know what I've gone through. You know who I am and what I've, what's happened to me and what's been going on. And I really think that we as a North American church are so wanting to be persecuted for our faith that we make it up. We tie it together with what's going on. Oh, it's so hard right now. I'm being persecuted for my faith in Jesus. It's like, um, I don't think so. Um, that hasn't happened. You're not, because you go to church, they're not waiting for you to you know, throw you in jail or shoot you or kill you on the spot. That's not happening or beat you because of it. But the church needs to be prepared to suffer, really suffer for Jesus. And are you, are you following Jesus because you'll be happy, you'll be healthy, or you'll be wealthy? Or are you following Jesus because you want to follow him at any cost? And you haven't really had to pay the price for following Jesus in North America. You haven't. We haven't. It hasn't happened. Yeah, there's been difficulties. Yeah, there have been things. But you, you haven't had to pay the price. As one of the first missionaries of the church who traveled throughout the non-Christian Roman Empire, Paul knew persecution firsthand. He was accused. He was beaten. He was imprisoned on multiple missionary journeys. He, because of his religious beliefs and his teachings of Jesus, he had, he had, he had experienced suffering, not only general suffering and persecution for his faith, but from mob mentality and also from the government. Paul was punished by the government. Okay, I don't know. Yes, every time you do your taxes, you feel punished every year. Every end of February, you feel punished. Well, what you need to do, if you really want to get a refund, just give more to the church and we'll help you out. We'll give you a tax receipt for that. I'm kidding. It's not about money. But listen, we, we're not being persecuted. We're getting taxed to death. But we're not being persecuted because of our faith. No one's saying because you're a Christian, we're going to tax you more. right? That, that, that's not why. That's, that would be a type of persecution. Oh, Christians, tax more. Non-Christians, tax less. That would be something, right? Because of your beliefs. And so Paul experienced a lot of this. And he actually even experienced betrayal from a friend because of that. And you can read that in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Yet he fully understood fully understood the role that suffering played in the life of a Christian faith and witness. Christian faith and witness. There's, there's two different things going on here. And as Paul points out in his letters, persecution will happen and we should expect it. And this isn't a message just for leaders in the church, but it's also for the church itself. Everybody is included in that. When bad things happen to us, like persecution and suffering, there can be a tendency to wonder if we did something wrong or are we being punished. How many grew up, and, and, and I did, um, I grew up obviously in the holiness movement, and if something was going bad in my life, I'd figure out what I did wrong because God was punishing me. That's not, that's not the case. That's, that's not a loving God. That's not a God who says, I, I, I want to be your father. I want to love you and care for you. But if you do something wrong, I'm going to punish you like nobody's business. Right? That's, not, that's not him. That's not him. He loves us. He cares for us. And so we need to make sure we're not thinking about when we're going through struggles that we've done something wrong that God is punishing us. Can that be the case? Yes, but you better be very sure 
that that's the case, okay? It's, 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 it's few and far between when that happens, okay? Um, and sometimes it is us just naturally being human causing the problems in our lives, and it's also affected by outer circumstances. So realize, bad times come, difficulties are there, but is that suffering and persecution because of our faith in Jesus Christ? And now as Paul... Uh, wrote Timothy, after reflecting on some of the things that he'd been through in his life, he said, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And it's important, it's an important message for the church to hear and receive that no matter what the area of history we are living in or have been in, those who choose to answer the call of Jesus Christ and follow him are choosing a life that will mostly not be easy. Too many times, North American Christianity, and I know I beat up on North American Christianity, but it seems to be the case, we think that when I accept Jesus that it should just be smooth sailing from that time on and I shouldn't have any problems. That's not how it works. In this world, we will have trouble. And our relationship with Jesus is not so that we can become wealthy, and it's not to not have problems. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to have difficulties. We're going to have struggles in life. And one of the, in one of the more personal uh, passages in Paul's letters, he gives us a window into what a hard life looks like. Now, Paul's life was difficult because he was following the teachings of Jesus, not because he was just wandering around having a good time or living his life. And in 2 Timothy 4.9, Paul, 4.9-21, Paul provides a little bit of insight into what he's going through. He's been abandoned by a friend, attacked by an enemy, deserted all alone, and he's been left in his struggles and in his trials. Now, this is not a description one would imagine from someone of such great historical importance. But Paul said it's not easy to follow Jesus. I remember back in the day uh, as a kid, they'd be like, if you, if you just accept Jesus, everything's going to be just, just dandy. That's not true. It's not true. But Paul also makes it clear that it is, isn't about his suffering but about the ability to share the gospel message with others about the glory of God and how good he is. And he also says that while no one was there to stand by him, and we'll see that in chapter 4, Paul states, the Lord stood by me as I was being persecuted for my faith. And this is a message that can give great hope to anyone who's feeling abandoned in life. No matter what you're going through, circumstances, whatever it may be, Jesus is is with you. He's walking along with you. And Paul states that though no one was with me, I was not alone. And what's more, God used me to fully proclaim the message to the Gentiles. He then goes on to praise God and express his confidence in the goodness of God that he serves and how great he is. So, so what is persecution? Well, if you just simply look it up, the definition, it's the act or practice of persecuting, especially those who differ in origin, religion, or social outlook. If we look at history and we look at Scripture, we can learn a really important message or answer to what persecution is and to what it is not. And the biblical persecution was because of religious belief, as, we, as I've said, and not because of 
a health issue. Persecution was also not to everyone. It was to a specific group of people. And if we take this, this example, this idea, this thought of what happened, if we make, it's a clear definition. We can easily conclude that we in North America, especially in Canada, let's narrow it down, British Columbia. I mean, maybe if you're from Ontario, you might be punished because of weather, but that's a whole, you know, whatever. But Christianity, we have not been persecuted for that. But in BC, we have not. We have not been persecuted. And you know what? It's okay. If you disagree with the decisions that have been made by the government, well, guess what? That's a political stance. That's a political stance. Now, we do have to be careful that religion or belief systems and politics do do a lot of crossovers on how we choose who we want to vote for. But the fact is, you get to vote. If you don't like what's going on, vote. Now, you could get into it. Well, you know, the West Coast isn't represented as well as the East Coast, and we could argue all of that. But the point is, get out and vote, and that's fine. It, you can disagree with what's happening. You can disagree with how things were handled. That's a political stance. And that has no place in the church. Because first of all, we're not supposed to worry about that stuff. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray for our leaders no matter what. In, 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 uh, in the Roman Empire, Christians prayed for their leaders even though they weren't <laughs> liked at all. So we have to be careful that we're not doing that. But you can have a different political belief. You can have that, and you can be strong in that. But it has no place in the church. And secondly, it's because... If we start standing up here telling you who to vote for, it does a couple things. One, it, it isolates a whole group of people who might vote differently. And secondly, and one, of, one that I like really is my favorite, is you'll, you'll, we'll lose our taxable charity status. So, I mean, that's the business side, people. We, we can't be standing up here telling you who to vote for. We'll lose that. And then we can't feed kids, and then we can't do, do ministries for all the age groups that we care for. Like, we'd lose all that. So we have to be careful. But you're free to have any view you want, but... Be careful that you don't tie it into your faith in Jesus Christ because of politics. Right now, the line of right and left is blurred and blended to where if you're not a certain right wing, then you're not a Christian, and that's not okay. We've got to be careful. So now, as, as, as we learn from history, we need to think about what has happened in the past. Now, there are tons of events that were handled as far as... Um, when it came to disease in ancient uh, Mediterranean, Mesopotamia, uh, all throughout the ages, there have been plagues of different types. 17th century, there are plagues. So there's, there's smallpox, there's measles, there's typhoid. I mean, that's not good. You don't drink, don't drink the water. Don't drink the water. Um, Athens had that problem. And there's all, all of these, these historic events happened, and they had to kind of crack down on people uh, to kind of stop the spread and to, and to stop the death. And I could go on and on and on about the, and then the main plague. Uh, we could do that. But you get the picture. This has happened before. This is not new. The world has gone through this stuff before. And it, it would be wrong for us 
to ignore the fact that things have happened in the past and what can we learn from what's happened in the past. That's why I'm not a big fan of erasing the past no matter how bad it was. Let's learn and not forget because as, a, as, as much as a couple generations, you'll forget and then you'll repeat the same mistake. So the question is, how should we respond to events like what we have been going through uh, and are still going to go through? Like how Christians reacted and responded in the past to these diseases was different than what's happened in Christianity today. I don't know if you know that, but not all Christians reacted neg- negatively. But unfortunately, many react, are, are reacting and have reacted poorly. And so are many of the Christian leaders all across North America. And I'm going to be honest with you, I've lost a lot of respect for so many Christian leaders to the point where I do not have any trust in their leadership. And and that trust can't be won back. And just kind of over it. When times got difficult, it became about them. It became about their ego and their beliefs of what they thought was right. They had their chance, these leaders have had their chance to show great compassion and be loving and empathetic leaders in a difficult time and point people towards the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But instead, they were egocentric. They had to be right. They wanted to prove something. The gospel is clear. Leave your ego at the foot of the cross. Leave it there. You are not your own. You were bought at a price, and that price is the blood of Jesus Christ. And if we don't believe that, then we are not very good Christians. And as we move towards Easter, of of all the times in the world, when, when we celebrate what he did for us on the cross, how he defeated death, suffered, died, rose, defeated death, we need to realize that he wasn't standing there going, you know what, I can't be, I can't worship God. Jesus never said this, I can't worship God the Father because the government's making me wear a mask. That was never said. Again, science is coming out and there's all sorts of different views on it and whether it's right and which ones do the thing and whatever. I mean, besides walking around in an oxygen tent, I don't know what you're going to do. But seriously, the point of everything we do is because of Jesus Christ. And if that's not it, then we're not Christians, Christ, right? We're not following him. And again, you don't like masks, you don't like masks, whatever, don't like them. But you can still worship with them on. I did tell one gentleman who came to the church once, I told him, because he was giving me the gears in the foyer about us still having restrictions back when we could have got rid of them, and now it's your choice. And I said, well, we're going to keep them, because I actually really felt strongly it was going to come back, and then it did, and I didn't wave a flag at the front saying, I'm right, Mark's so smart. I didn't do that. I just wanted to make sure you were protected. And he said to me he couldn't worship Jesus, and I said, why? Well, with a mask on. And I'm like, okay. Now, Michelle's, if she was here, she'd be looking at me saying, don't say this, but I'm going to say it anyways because she's at home. But I told him, you have a problem with this. I promise you next week, you do this for me, and I'll, I'll, 
I'll get rid of all the rules that we have here at the church as far as masks go. So if you do this, what I'm going to ask you to do, I promise you, you don't have to wear a mask next Sunday and neither does anybody else. And I said, so here's the deal. You come next Sunday buck naked. And I said, and I'll get rid of all the rules. He's like, whoa, come on, that's ridiculous. I'm like, no, no. If we're going to play this game, let's do it. Naked. Next week. Let's go. All the rules are gone. Well, it didn't happen <laughs> that I know of. And don't do it next week because the rules are over, all right? So it doesn't count. But my point was, it's like you can worship with a mask on because you worship with clothes on. Same thing. So let's be careful on what we take a stance on. Again, you can have the view on it, but as servants of Jesus Christ, we're to leave our ego at the door and we're to serve. So if somebody feels more comfortable, if I think that masks don't do anything, that's fine. But if somebody else is worried about it, I'm going to wear a mask. Why? There's no ego issue. I'm not worried about it. Again, agree to disagree, and that's fine. Don't, don't like them, don't love them, whatever. We won't get into all the other stuff that's happened, but everybody has their opinion, and that's okay. You can have that and still be a Christian. It's when you start to force other people of your personal views is where the problem is. That's, that is not persecution. That's a disagreement on a perspective, and you can have that. And I'm fine with I have no issues with those types of things. So leave your, leave your ego at the door. And so unfortunately, I've lost some respect for leaders, and, and they had their chance, but in man... In the past, Christianity showed a completely different perspective, and they took a better stance at it. In the past, the difference was that Christians showed charity. They showed charity. And I have to say, this church was amazing through this time. I'm, I'm going to tell you, you were amazing. Showing, showing your charity. Show, in, 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 in other words, there's Latin words for it, but it's retranslated as love, Right? The Roman world was self-indulgent. Their religions were multi-gods, and the Greek and Roman religions were focused on material possessions, what they could get in the afterlife, on idols, on self. Christianity focused on the care for people. And it was something different, because the other religions didn't do that. The other belief systems didn't do that. And at the time, the world knew that Christianity, following Jesus Christ, was different, especially because the Roman Empire and all its belief systems could not provide that love and that sacrifice that Jesus had. The Christian groups and people today that have been resisting medical professionals' advice are not even close to the historic models that true Christianity has demonstrated for us in the past. Again, I'm talking about connecting faith and a political view, or faith and just a view of anything else in general, right? If you're being persecuted, it's because of your beliefs in God. It's because of the message of Jesus Christ. And the ideal that we should have is charity and love. And it should hold the same power today as it did back in Jesus' time. So, where are Christians most persecuted today? I did some research for you. And it's very interesting. Christians face the most violence. I'm going to give you just a few in, in, within a top ten list. 
Pakistan, Nigeria, Congo, Mozambique, Cameroon, Central Africa Republic, India, Mali, Southern Sudan, and Ethiopia are the top 10 places where Christians face the most violent. And if you look at the top 50 where Christians face the most violent, I tried to find it. I couldn't find Canada. I tried to find USA. Couldn't find USA, where they were punished violently for their beliefs in Jesus Christ. So that sounds to me like not too much persecution is going on there. Where were they attacked the most? China, Nigeria, Angola, Congo, Ethiopia, Rwanda, Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, and Mexico, which actually shocked me. I didn't realize that. So when you look at that, we don't even touch the top 100 of where people are being persecuted. Yet, some of Christian people's views want to be persecuted, and I don't know why you would want that. Let's not ask for it, because it says it will happen. So let's not, let's not make it happen. Let's wait, all right? I think we should just be careful. So why am I telling you all of this? Why did I put this together? Because I want to give you a perspective, just a perspective of what I think is the biblical message. You don't get to say that you're persecuted if you live in Canada and the USA for following Jesus Christ. You can't say that. You can't. We're not even in the top 100. I don't even know where we were. It wasn't even on a list. I couldn't even find it. Don't say it. And even if you are persecuted, now, what does that mean? Yes, you could be persecuted at your job because you're a Christian. People could treat you poorly. That's, again, that, that can be considered a definition of persecution. Because of your faith in Jesus Christ, you could be being persecuted. There's a bad taste in the mouths of people who don't go to church with people who go to church. Whenever I meet someone new, I don't tell them, I don't go, I'm a Christian right away. I don't know, I'm a pastor. Like I've told you before, if I want to empty out the hot tub for myself, I'll say I'm a pastor, but, and then they all leave. And that's awesome, because some of those hot tubs are big, and I like it to be mine, pretend that I own it. But we really do need to be careful. So what is our response during times of persecution and during times of plagues? What is our response? Well, I'm going to make it real easy for you. The response is exactly the same. It's for both charity and love. That's it. The answer is the same for both. And if you have responded appropriately during this time, which I know you have, then you responded as a Christian should. If you did not, it's time to reevaluate that. Reevaluate your view, your perspective. It's time, honestly, and I don't use this word a lot, to repent for our poor example if we've done that. And again, this isn't to come heavy on you if you have. I mean, everybody's kind of developed um, as we've gone through the struggles. And I know. In times of difficulty, when people feel their voice isn't being heard, or when people are letting things crash around them, we can lash out. We can, as only human. 
But we need to look back and say, did we do it right? Have your political views. That's okay. But view them as just that. Political. Political. Do our Christian views impact our our political views? Yes, there is a crossover, and it can. And our values will look at something and go, I'm going to vote for this person based on my values on what I believe is right. And that's good. You should. We have that freedom. We're in a country where we can do that. We can vote for the party that fits our values, whatever they are. But our focus should always be on our Christian witness. Our Christian witness. We're not going to argue people into heaven. We're not going to picket them into heaven. We're not going to parade them into heaven. Oh, there might be a parade. But we're not going to make a big stink about stuff. And again, set the two aside. Set the two aside. Today, I want to challenge you, as we move forward, if maybe you handled it wrong, change that. Reassess it. Take a look at it. If you did well, great. But don't get caught up in the politics, please. What you should get caught up in being like Christ. That's what we should get caught up in, being Christ-like. And so as we move throughout this week, when everything's going crazy, when everything's going wrong, we all make mistakes, we all have views that evolve and morph as we go. Let's analyze that. Let's look at our belief system. Let's look at our values. Look at, look at how we've been. And if we've been fine, that's great. But if we need to change that witness, let's do that. Let's do that. And it's okay to do that. That's my challenge this week. Think about it. How'd you handle it? And if you have friends that are very aggressive about it, love them. Love them. You don't have to agree with them, but we do have to show love. It's important. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. And no matter what's going on around in the world, whether we actually are being persecuted or not, help us to focus on you. You, you are the reason why we're here, to show others about you and to be that great example. Help us to do that. Help us to have the strength to do it because of your Holy Spirit giving us the, the words to say and sometimes just listening to others so that we can make a difference in people's lives. In a world that is screaming chaos, let us bring charity and love to it, and that will bring order because of who we're following. Thank you for everything you're doing in our lives and what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. God bless you. I know you can do it. Think about it. Get a good perspective. Be a witness wherever you are in the difficult times. Be that witness. No matter what's going on, be that witness. God bless you. Have a great week, and be safe out there.